What's up, everybody? I am Sheena Quick, and you are tuned into Quick Blitz, a Panthers podcast. I'm joined by the ever so talented, slightly petty at times, Vashti Hurt. What's good, Vashti? I'm good, and you can take the slight off of that because I have no problem with being petty. All the way? Just not, no slightly. What do you mean? Okay, sorry, if you're, go- if you're the, going all- to be petty, you might as well go full <laughs> throttle. No need to be slight with it. Absolutely. Speaking of petty, let's get right into this Matt Rule presser and the quotes he had about Teddy Bridgewater. But before we do that, guys, we want to thank all of our listeners. We thank you guys for your engagement. I've seen a couple people refer others to our podcast. We always appreciate that. You can find these new episodes each and every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast, or you can go to the riotreport.com slash hit. I'm sorry, quick hyphen blitz and make sure you share and subscribe. Yeah, so the big news was on uh, what, what day was that? Tuesday? Tuesday. Uh, oh, yep. no, Monday. No, Monday. 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 Uh, Coach Matt Rule basically said that Teddy Bridgewater might have gone a bit rogue. Uh, against the, the the Broncos in that last uh that last game winning drive attempt. Here's a clip of what he had to say. Uh Teddy 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 made a decision to run a play when we asked him not to. And so um watching the tape I see what he saw, but it shouldn't happen that way. And so um um that you know that'll be made clear moving forward. You know, I mean it's uh you know there's a time and a place for her for, you know, hey, the, you can't have quarterbacks play you know, in the black and white. They have to have some gray area. And to be quite honest, you know, when you look at it, it's why I mean, if, if the guy runs, it's wide open. Uh, Robbie's wide open on the other side. But that being said, you know, um, um, it just didn't follow really the chain of command of what we want done situationally. Right. So um, Teddy, Teddy's a great guy. I mean, he, he's not ever going to be disrespectful and say, no, I'm not listening to those guys. I just think in that area, I think he thought he had a little more a great, you know, grace to get that done, but it's, it's not what we wanted. You know, that third down and that fourth down, those fourth down, third and fourth down plays, how they worked out were not the type of football I want to be a part of. So, um, you know, you just you may make it more clear from there. So Sheena, did Matt rule throw Teddy under the bus? Indeed. Really? Yeah did and it was a little bit shocking because we said this from the time he was hired Vashti he says what is safe he very 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 rarely you know you very rarely get a sound bite from him he says what's safe even if there's a player that is in imminent danger of being released traded whatever he says what's safe it's kind of an ongoing joke that if Matt Rule co-signs you you're on your way out the door so he's always played it safe and to hear him say that I could tell that the frustrations had bubbled to the surface and he didn't mean to say that you don't think so he absolutely he, he spent the rest of the week walking it back you you know I I don't think he I don't think he threw Teddy under the bus I'm not, and and usually we agree on these things. I don't think he threw Teddy under the bus. I think Matt Rule was keeping it a buck. And we on this show appreciate when people keep it a buck. And And Matt, 
when you say threw him under the bus, I don't mean it like, oh, he blamed it all on Teddy and it wasn't Teddy's fault. No, like mm -hmm. it absolutely was Teddy's fault. Maybe I should use a different phrase. I don't think he, he said what was on his mind. He felt like it was Teddy's fault and he made it known outside of the locker room, outside of a conversation that he would have individually with Teddy, which is not something we're used to when it comes to Matt Rule or just, or the Panthers period. They keep a lot of stuff in house. And that's why I think I appreciated it more because everybody was perplexed about what happened on that last series. It was just sloppy football. And right. now we had a bit, we had more of an explanation as to what was going on, like what happened? Okay, well, Teddy took liberties on that third down play and uh, the fourth down play was not supposed to be a check down. It should not have been a check down. So, and then first down, there was a sack. So you're already, you're already kind of playing from behind, but people have been saying, and, and we said a couple of times, was this that get back? Because Teddy has a couple of times said, oh, well, I got the play wrong or, you know, we have to do better. He might have alluded to issues being coaching related as opposed to taking the onus on him. Right. I mean, I don't think it's a I don't think it's the get back. I think that that was just his raw emotion at the time. And we got it. Like, I don't, he didn't, he couldn't police himself as well. When I'm, when I say police himself, I mean, Matt rule, he couldn't police himself to be as stoic as he normally is. He's usually the hype man. Oh, we got to get better from top to bottom. You know, da, 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 da. he was like, he, he ran a play and we told him not to. So yeah. he spent the rest of that presser as well as the next day. And yesterday, just kind of trying to walk it back like, OK, well, what I meant is, is it's all of our faults and I have to be better. He tried to walk it back. But when we got that that whole, you know, Teddy ran a play, it wasn't supposed to. That was raw. It was very much so raw. And again, I, I personally appreciated it. I think a lot of people appreciated it. I do think that he tried to smooth things over. But he to me, he still kept that you know, kept that energy. It wasn't as tough as it was originally, but he still kept that energy and didn't back down from the fact that, you know, Teddy, he, what Matt rule now is saying is that he has to be more clear with what he wants in that statement. You know, to me, he's taking some ownership, but still letting it be known that Teddy went inside of the purview of, of what he's allowed to do when it comes to, being uh the quarterback of this team right and is equally perplexing was the short throw to curtis samuel on fourth and eight when you needed a first down to stay in the game to even have a chance and i'm not gonna say stay in the game to have a chance that i mean i i just don't understand it and and i i didn't you know you get the you get the the name check down teddy and sometimes i think it's unfair but he lived up to that I mean, he yeah. lived up to every bit of what has been said about him Sunday against the Broncos. He did. And I think that that play bothered fans more than the play call before the um, that running the play before the two minute warning. I think that that short throw to Curtis Samuel when he had two receivers downfield. That's the one that where I personally, Vasha, I don't know if you saw the same thing. That's where I saw a lot of Teddy apologists and Teddy enthusiasts on the Twitter timeline. A lot of them were like, look, okay, yeah, I, I can't defend that. 
That Listen. was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back on this divide between Panthers fans that are not sold on Teddy and those that are all in because he's the team's quarterback. I have never all season the TL uh, Panthers nation has been pretty divided between those who don't don't think I won't say don't like Teddy because I don't think there's anybody who don't who doesn't like Teddy. I mean, he seems to be a good guy Teddy is the answer. but they they don't like teddy as the panthers quarterback they don't think that he's a quarterback of the future and they resent the fact that the panthers dropped you know 63 or 60 million dollars on him uh and then you have those who are oh well i'm on all in this is our quarterback i'm gonna support our quarterback and on sunday people who have been going hard Hard, hard. I'm not going to mention one person's name in particular because I, I, I question some of the content that he puts out. But one person in particular was going hard and coming at people for not being supportive of Teddy Bridgewater. And then on Sunday, I come across a tweet where he's basically like, bump it, like I'm done defending him. Right. That was the straw that broke that. That was the play that broke the camel's back. That was it. Um, you know, then you started seeing all the graphics showing the all the times that he had receivers downfield and he checked down or took a sack or, you know, threw it away or whatever. So you have people that are questioning like I mean, and then and then here's the thing before before Sunday, a lot of people called him check down Teddy. Like you said, a lot of people felt like he, you know, dropped the ball off short. He doesn't have the arm. He doesn't take risk. He takes sacks. He holds on to the ball too long. You had all of that going on. And then you had a few, a handful of people that would throw out stats. They didn't have video footage. They didn't have game footage or anything like that to support their points. They were throwing out, Oh, well, this is where he ranks on, on throws over 30 yards, over 30 yards. He's in the top of the NFL when it comes to, you know, deep, deep ball accuracy. But on Sunday, I don't see any of that. I mean, yeah, you'll be I see in the any top stat stuffer. Any, you know, stat guys tweeting that out. Everybody kind of was kind of resolved and was like, okay, you know, y'all got it. You know, some of these guys, and, and I'm not gonna again call out any names, but some of the people like they want to be friends with these guys. And so out of wanting to be friends with these players, or maybe the player follows them on social media, then they feel like, oh, I have to I have to say all these glowing things about them, even when that's not the case. I mean, I think people respect honesty, period, point blank dot. And in this case, Teddy didn't play well. And he'll tell you himself that he didn't play well. And his decision-making was poor at the end of the game. And I really, honestly, I'm tired of hearing completion percentage numbers and, uh, you know, oh, his accuracy when he throws it downfield. Yeah, because he does it one, two times a game. So if you hit on one of those times, your completion is 50%. Right. Like, you know, I, somebody posted a video the other day of Jake DeLone. Jake DeLone used to throw that thing up and let Steve Smith go make a play. I mean, and it wasn't every, nobody was like, oh gosh, you know, he's being reckless with the ball on that fourth down play. I would have liked to see, because if I, if I, I looked at the, I looked at the tape, I'm pretty sure. I think there was a one safety up at the top, but I think that, um, I think that Robbie Anderson was one-on-one -on -one with his defender. Like, throw it up. And he wins those. He's He wins those. Throw now, it up. And like, I'm glad you brought up Robbie. 
I felt like Sunday, even though, you know, it was the Panthers ninth loss of the season, I felt like so much tension and so people that had been patient, I felt like it bubbled over, uh, bubbled up to the surface and we saw it. There were at least two to three occasions where Teddy missed Robbie Anderson and you could see the frustration. You could see Robbie's frustration. I didn't see that, man. I need to go back because usually Robbie keeps it, you know, pretty cool, pretty calm. Exactly. You know, there was a meme that after I forget what she lost. Was that Tampa Bay where he was making the stink face, which was which was deserving. I think it was Tampa Bay. But um, in that fourth down situation, throw it in the air. So what if you get picked off? Because it's fourth down. This is the play that either you're going to, you know, keep your drive going or you're just going to turn the ball over on downs and they're going to kneel. So you check down to Curtis who was blanket. He wasn't, I mean, he popped, which is what Teddy said. He used the word. He, he saw him pop, but like put it out there. See, see if Robbie can make a play. He's fast enough and he's a good enough receiver where like when you have, and this is the thing, everybody's been talking about weapons and, Again, there was a Charlotte reporter who put out a dumb article that said that, oh, well, how can we blame Teddy for what's going on when he doesn't have weapons? And that I'm like, that's a nine headline I have seen in a long, in a long I'm, time. I'm like, dude, a lot. like, I don't understand. I don't understand the difference between how Cam Newton was treated and how Teddy Bridgewater is treated for 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 their play and cam newton basically did everything and had hardly any weapons like honestly of those four receivers on that 2015 team or even maybe 2020 well kelvin benjamin was hurt but kelvin benjamin isn't in the league anymore philly brown isn't in the league anymore I don't know if Ted Gennison, Britton Burson isn't in the league anymore. Like, come on. But we're making excuses for Teddy because Christian McCaffrey has been hurt, even though they haven't won games with Christian McCaffrey hitting the brunt of the load. And Russell Okung hasn't been able to be consistent at left tackle, even though, you know, even when, honestly, the offensive line may be better when he's out of the game. Like that, To me, Absolutely. the excuses are tired and you have to so back to where i was going you say he doesn't have any playmakers which is a lie because you have two thousand yard receivers on one team which really doesn't happen and a lot of that is what they're getting after the catch you have robbie anderson who has been one of the best free agent signings at the wide receiver position that the panthers have gotten let him make a play like i don't understand it because before DJ Moore last season, the last Panther to have over a thousand receiving yards was Greg o- Greg Olson was the tight end, and that was several seasons before. So I, I mean, the excuses have run out. This is the ninth loss, and here's the kicker: I know a lot of people say, "Oh, well, we were expecting to lo- them to lose these games." You know, it was a rebuilding year. When that team hit five hundred, no one was still screaming rebuilding year. They're like, "Okay, this team is better." than we thought and this team honestly Vashti is certainly better than four wins I I agree and I see I this is the thing I'm not mad that they're losing I think that it's the way I think that and I wrote an article on Carolina Blitz about this I think that 
being competitive and losing is probably the best thing for this Panthers team right now because com being competitive shows that you have the talent to stick with some of the best teams in the league. And that's something you can hold your hat on. Those are positives that you can rebuild on, especially on the defensive side of the ball when the guys are so young. And I feel like they have improved as the season has gone along. So those are, those are things that you want to see. And then you're losing, which means you're putting yourself in better position to potentially draft a, uh, a franchise, another franchise cornerstone for this team. And obviously, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is on a three-year contract. I wouldn't be mad if the Panthers, you know, got into maybe the top five and, or, you know, top four and, and drafted a quarterback, let Teddy play next year, kind of bring the guy along and then give your quarterback of the future, the keys to the kingdom. Like losing is not a bad thing for the Panthers right now. Honestly, fans should probably want them to lose. Yeah, I think that, I mean, going into it, you know, the, the expectations were low, but they kind of flirted and showed what they could do and then start losing again. Like they got fans hopes up and everybody was talking about, oh, division and they can win the division. I'm like, wait a minute now. I get it. You're excited that they're winning, but they're, <laughs> let's, let's let's hold off a little bit. 0-7 um, on the game-winning drives is more frustrating than the losses. Like, if they were getting blown yeah. out every game, that would be one thing. But with the with the exception of two games, they've had the ball with a, a chance. To, Minnesota, there was absolutely no excuse for them losing that game. That, that was that, – and, and I think that that's why that game was so frustrating. Heading into the bye, they should not have lost that game. And, absolutely not they came they out of the bye completely flat yeah um you know jeremy chin as always sparks that team as a rookie but he can't do it alone brian burns he's sparking that defense as a second year player but they can't do that alone and we've talked about this a couple times like with these owens the owens seven on the game winning drives we could date this back to to the past two seasons they had these six and seven game losing streaks and they were losing by one by one score. The personnel has changed. Um, people were mad at at um, Charles Johnson for what he said about the culture last season. But there's some truth to that. We oh, have an absolutely. all new passing. You're still losing in the same way. It's a culture thing. And no question. Honestly, I appreciated him being being real about it because and then not only that but from a guy who's been in a winning locker room as a as a young guy when they I think well I'm not sure if he was on that team when they went the first time but he's seen he's seen the Panthers at their lowest and he's been on the Panthers at their best highest as far as going to a Super Bowl and as a player um I think that that's why Matt Rule was brought in I personally feel like Matt Rule has done a good job uh, I was apprehensive when they hired him. I just don't like coaching college coaching hires on a professional level. Um, I, I think that they, they don't get it as far as the difference in coaching college kids with hoop dreams and grown men who have families to feed. But to right. me, Matt rule has made a good transition and I I've think so. Uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen this team improve. I like that they play tough football. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think that 
I'm not going to give him so far, and there are only three games left. So I mean, probably make this probably make this statement. I'm going to say he's exceeded my expectations. Um, but the and and the team has exceeded my expectations in the fact that they have remained competitive and that they have looked you know, better at times. You never expect this team to hang with the Kansas City Chiefs, you know? Right. So that's why I said they show you flashes of brilliance and then it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think stayed, that... Go ahead. They stayed on top of um, of Kansas City and then the very... Was it the very next week that, the very next week that they played Tampa Bay? Uh, around that time, yeah. Yeah, because Tampa got blown out when when um the Panthers played Kansas City and they came back and blew out the Panthers. You know, how can you hang with Kansas City all the way down to losing by three points and then get completely mollywopped is Vashtai's favorite word, <laughs> mollywopped at home by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a week later. I, I think that's like like I said, I think that's the frustration is that they're kind of almost there, but they never quite get there. And what what is the piece that they need? It's hard to say because they have games where one unit plays spectacular, the other two piss the bed, or two units play play really well, and then you know the other unit shits the bed. I mean, it's it's hard to say, and I say all of that to ask, and I think this would be a good poll question. Always seven on these game winning drives. I mean, I know people in Minnesota say, oh, they shouldn't have let them drive the length of the field. The defense shouldn't have been in that position. Period. They have a job to do. They should have been able to contain them, but they shouldn't have been in that position. But that being said, does the onus get placed on Teddy Bridgewater or Joe Brady? Because we've heard of all these head coaching vacancies and, you know, Joe Brady's name is in the mix and this, that, and a third. But at the same time, Vashai, is it that, and Teddy even said, he was like, oh, you know, well, I'm playing within the system. Is it the system that needs fixing? Is it Joe Brady's offense or is it Teddy Bridgewater? So I, I that's a very, that's a good question. Um, I think that Joe Brady is still in his first year of being an offensive coordinator and he hasn't had offensive coordinator uh, experience in the past. He came from being what, a quarterback uh, coordinator and for me personally, it's insulting that his name was mentioned, insulting to coaches, insulting to former players who have been trying to get into coaching. It's insulting that his name is mentioned as a head coaching candidate with the experience that he has or better yet that he doesn't have. So I'm going to put that out there like he's not ready yet. And he's shown it these past couple of weeks. I think the onus falls on both of them. But if I had to place it more on one person, I'm going to place it more on the guy on the guy with the more experience. And if Teddy is given liberty to make changes at the line of scrimmage, obviously he took a little bit too much liberty against the Broncos. But if he's given liberty to make changes at the line of scrimmage, you know, I'm I I. I I'm, I'm going if I have to if I have to place blame as far as these game winning drives, I'm putting it on Teddy playmakers make plays. Yeah. And that's just what it is within within the play that's called or not. They're going to make a play in order to win the game. And he hasn't been able to do that. Speaking of that, they're going to have to make some out of this world plays. Man, please. 
if they want to come back from Green Bay with a win? Girl, please. If there were... Okay. It's not happening. (laughs) Go ahead. We aren't making our predictions, but like, come on. I, I just... And then, then again, and then again, I said the same thing about Kansas City, and they almost won. But the, the but the operative word is almost won because almost. they didn't. And you know, you have a Packers team second in yards per game, tenth in rushing yards, twelfth in rushing yards per attempt, second in passing yards per game, second in sacks allowed, second and third down efficiency, first in points per game. Come on, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, this is the type of game in every in every offensive statistic other than, you know, rushing yards per carry. But that's about it. And the fact that they have such an aerial assault and it's it's Aaron Rodgers, it's AR 12. Um, We saw the secondary, namely Rasul Douglas, get torched twice last week. So, yeah, I don't know. He didn't even want to come to the postgame presser. And I know they requested him. Yeah, I'm like he he needs to come to the table. We got to we need to talk. We need to bring him to the red table like Jada. <laughs> we he I got not, some questions. Not coming to the red table. But again, he was one of those players too that you saw their frustrations on the field. You saw him looking back at the safety. No, baby, that was your busted coverage. Well, that was that was all you. <laughs> well, but um. I mean, he's going to try that secondary. And even if the Panthers have more experience back there, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. He was still going to try that secondary. So it could get ugly really fast. Um, Matt Rule talked about playing in the cold weather. How do you feel about his comments, V? I mean, I think I think he was right. Listen, I, I know that they're making a big deal over playing in this cold weather. These guys are professional athletes. It's not a big deal. Like they have bench warmers. Yeah, it's going to be cold, but there's always at least one really cold weather game and they're just going to have to to suck it up. I don't see that. I don't think that they're going to play any worse because it's going to be 25 degrees outside. Like these guys have been playing football all of their lives. I'm sure in college they've had a cold, a cold weather game, whether they wanted to or not. This is not, you know, the ACC got two Florida teams, but they still play Boston College. So, you know, it's I I think a bigger deal is being made of of the weather than should be. Uh, Last year, the weather was terrible in Green Bay and they still almost won and they still almost won. And so, you know, I get it. I think it's a storyline. But to me, it's it's not a storyline. To me, the storyline is. The Packers are second in sacks allowed. The only way you're going to beat Aaron Rodgers is if you get pressure on him. You know, what are you going to do to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers? Well, they can get the pressure on Aaron Rodgers, but it has to be someone more than Jeremy Chin and Brian Burns. I don't know. I I think that I think that Aaron Rodgers is still in that pocket and he will light the Panthers up on Sunday. I mean, Saturday. (sighs) It can get ugly. And I mean, listen, Ken has not ruled Christian McCaffrey out, but it's very unlikely that he's going to play Sunday. I don't really understand why they keep trying to bring him back. I that's for what? For what? I don't know. To save faith because it's the right thing to do. Now, do you think that the the injuries, this is the third one that Christian has suffered this season. Um, He's only played what? One, two, three four games is it four three three 
right yeah. because tampa bay was the second game of the season he went out for six weeks he came back against kansas city and, and went right it. back out right so do you think that this is that these are the the chickens coming home to roost after he had so much wear and tear so much usage the last two two to three seasons it could be because i mean be. he was in every play almost one season like i mean he was playing every snap yeah i mean it could be i think that when they put him after that second game, I think that they were being cautious because they did not want to overwork him when they put him on that uh, injured reserve six weeks, I think, for uh, that high ankle sprain. Then he comes back, right. he hurts his shoulder, and they're making sure he's 100% when he comes back. This quad injury has me completely perplexed. Um I, I still my my gut still tells me like they're going to sit him out the rest of the season, but they don't want to say we're going to sit him out the rest of the season. Like it makes absolutely no sense for Christian McCaffrey to come back and play in any of these any of these three games. Like for what? And maybe it seems like they're packing it in if they say that. So they're going to say, OK, well, we're you know, Matt Rule says Matt Rule said definitively. Yesterday, if Christian McCaffrey is a hundred percent healthy, he will play, and that he knows Christian would want to play if healthy. I get it. I don't care whether he's a thousand percent healthy. There, there's no point in him playing. What if he comes back, plays in a completely meaningless game, and God forbids right. has some type of uh, a terrible injury? Right now, now what questions do you have to answer? They'll be worse exactly. than the questions if you play him. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't see any positives in playing Christian McCaffrey. None. Like there's no, oh, you know, he, get, no, none. He's not chasing um, any, well, I mean, of course, everybody's contract has incentives and things like that, but they're well without, out of his reach with him only playing three games this season. Like you don't get yeah. any benefit other than seeing a flashy highlight of playing Christian McCaffrey at this point. Listen, sit that man down. It, it just, I don't even understand why this is even a question of, of, for the Panthers. I don't understand why this is a question for the Panthers. Let, well, they let do get DJ Moore back. Yeah. And, and, and that's going to be good, but I still don't think the Panthers can it, with, with the Panthers young defense with, with the uh, Packers offensive line, as good as they are, this is the type of game where you're going to have to outscore because you're deep. I, yeah. I can't really see your, I can't really see the defense really containing Aaron Rodgers. Now I could be wrong. It would be great if I'm wrong. I can't really see the defense containing Aaron Rodgers. This is the type of game where you're going to have to have an offense that can hang with Aaron Rodgers. And I think that, the Panthers have talent at a la DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, Mike Davis. I don't think Mike Davis gets as much love as he should. I'm giving that man his flowers because he has played very well um, in Christian McCaffrey's absence. Uh, so, yeah, they have the pieces, but is Teddy going to let that thing fly? Absolutely not. Man. Absolutely not. And so the Panthers <laughs> are not going to be able to outscore or hang with scoring wise the Packers. It's just it's not going to happen. And I saw um, 
it's a girl that both of us follow Ashley on um, Twitter when she was talking about the Kansas City Chiefs last week she said the Kansas City Chiefs are a team that you have to score on every single possession like every single one you have one possession where you don't score it's over and that's what the Panthers are facing going into Green Bay this week they're gonna have to score on every single drive do you think it happens I don't I'm just saying that's what they would have to do (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's absolutely not happening i i just you know it, it's tough because the panthers have such a hard stretch going forward but again as i said you know this is probably a good thing for the panthers yeah i, I, I mean yeah that's so, I mean, you said the thing. keys to the game are containing Aaron Rodgers. We don't think that's going to happen. I said the key to the game is absolutely scoring on every single drive. We don't expect that to happen. So, do you have a score prediction, Vashai? Huh. If a score con- score prediction could be beat the brakes off, then that's it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I told y'all. I, 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 I told her. I said slightly petty. Sis is petty all Come on. I mean, can I can that be the score prediction? Beat the brakes off. No, nah, I mean maybe maybe not. <laughs> I, I think the Panthers lose by 10. By 10? But I think the Panthers lose by 10. At, 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 at best case scenario. Best case scenario, Panthers lose by 10. In Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers' house, you know, I don't I, I don't know if they're playing with fans. I don't think that matters. Uh you know, cold weather, I don't really think that matters, even though, of course, the Packers have an advantage there because they're more used to it. I just don't think that I just don't think that Teddy Bridgewater can hang. I mean, not think Teddy Bridgewater cannot hang with Aaron Rodgers scoring wise and the Panthers defense, even though they've been improving, they're still young and they're not good enough to disrupt uh Aaron Rodgers in the way that he would need disrupting in order to force him into making mistakes. And Absolutely. so they're th- ranked 31st in third down efficiency efficiency. The Packers are second. Come on. In third down efficiency offensively. Um, and they're top 10 in sacks. Do you think Teddy will even be upright to even try to make a pro- try to make a play? Because we saw Okung. I don't think Okung practiced. Did he practice yesterday? No. I mean. Somebody I said he had some conspiracy twi- tweets to um to send off. That's why he <laughs> left the practice bubble. <laughs> that man been wor- more worried about Bitcoin than he's been worried about getting healthy to get on the field. But we don't want to talk and so- about that. And why we social distance and how it, it makes no sense. What a, I mean, and, 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 you know, I saw somebody say, oh, you should... For, for what he's brought, you might as well have kept Trey. Oh, for sure. I mean, now the question though, here's a man, I got some good poll questions this week. You know, they were giving, they were on 52's head for a while. Yep. Since he's been benched, they backed off. Who do you think was the Panthers' free agency bust this year? Tahir Whitehead or Russell Okun? Mm, now, you definitely have to put that on Twitter. This. Facts morning i would i would have to say to hear only because i feel like more was expected of him you think so yeah yeah okay russell coon has i mean he's not been the healthiest guy 
prior to coming to to Carolina. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that he battled, you know, injuries in the past. I mean, the fact that <laughs> listen, they were they were they were lighting his butt up when they realized that he left practice early yesterday because he's missed Russell's missed a lot of games with that calf injury. First of all, Russell said he never contemplated not playing. He came into the season. I feel like I feel like there was some validity after seeing him play. I feel like there was some validity to the story that he wasn't sure whether he wanted to retire or not decided to play. And so I think that this is a case of a guy whose heart is not in the game. Like this man tweets, this man is more passionate about Bitcoin than he is about keeping Teddy Bridgewater clean. And then in that case, then you need to go and do Bitcoin. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let Russell Okun do do Bitcoin because I feel like, you know, and I'm talking myself out of Tahir being the biggest buzz. I'm saying I expect him more out of Tahir. So for, for me personally, he is a bust. But to me, at least Tahir is passionate about football. I know he's embarrassed that he got his spot taken. And I know that's something that affects him. I don't think Russell Kuhn cares whether he plays or not. Right. He doesn't. I mean, like I said, and like when when I saw the tweet, oh, he had to go. He had some more conspiracy tweets to um, to to send off. I was like, you know what? He has been on Twitter more than he's been in our Zooms. Ooh. He's been on Twitter more than he's been in the game. Like he he probably he has more tweets than snaps at this point. I'm pretty sure in the season. All right. I mean, that's that's stuff. That's the dude. Just he gets on my nerves. I don't even want to talk about him anymore because he's. We 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 keep this to football, and I like to keep it to football because we don't really know these guys personally. Usually, we get to get a sense of the of the players because we're in the locker room. We are able to develop relationships. We're on Zoom now. It's very impersonal, or it's at least not what it used to be. So I have I have not been around Russell Okun in person. All I have to go by is are his tweets. And I'm what you see. His, I'm looking at his TL and I'm like, this dude is two, two rocks short. So, I mean, let let the man go do Bitcoin. <laughs> I, that's that's just my thing. Let him let him go do Bitcoin because that's what he's obviously Bitcoin and conspiracy theories. That's what he's passionate about. Let that man start a YouTube page and be gone. Have Bitcoin and conspiracy theories. I mean, come on. Look, somebody, um, oh, this is the last thing I gotta say about Russell Okun because it was hilarious. So <laughs> he had um tweeted, please don't vote for me for the Pro Bowl. Girl, and- <laughs> listen, if this was on video, you you know the can <laughs> mean when he looked at the person and slid down the bench. Boy, bye. If you don't go sit down somewhere. Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl. Lauren retweeted it and said, "Don't worry, we weren't Pro Bowl." And then I think he tweeted her back. He tweeted her back, I believe. Yeah, he tweeted everybody who dogged him. He tweeted them back with praying hands, I believe, and yeah. a heart, a black heart, or something like that. But like, like sir, you knew nobody was you, dude, you knew nobody was trying to vote you into the Pro Bowl. You not even the best offensive lineman on your team. You think if you're going to be voted among the best <laughs> offensive lineman in the league? 
And how many games has he played? Like, I feel like every week he's uh, on that injury report. When I saw that, I was Listen, like, I keep so what? hard. I'm so glad I'm in media and I have to have a certain level of decorum because if I wasn't, I wouldn't be as reckless as some of these tweeters, but I would be like, yo, relax. I keep it real cute on social media. And I also keep it kind of, I give y'all a little more realness on this, on this podcast. So we appreciate you listening, but let's see. That's why I like Twitter. Huh? That's why I love Panthers Twitter because they tweet the stuff that we be thinking. Girl, (laughs) some of the stuff I want to retweet and I'm like, oh gosh, I can't retweet this. I have to remember that, you know, I have to remember, you know, my place. But I tell you what, those bookmarks. (laughs) Listen, I don't, don't. I'm trying to find the tweet where he said about don't. Oh, here it is. December 10th. Do not Pro Bowl vote for me. Instead, vote with your attention and money to your local small business. They need your help. Now, I agree. Small businesses need attention right now. They could use support. But he should have just said that. He shouldn't even think that. Support your local business. Vote for you. Support your local businesses. You had to turn it into a oh, don't don't vote me in for the Pro Bowl. Sheena, I was trying <laughs> to be real good this episode, and guess what you did? You brought up Russell Okun. I, I mean, I had to. He left me no choice. <laughs> don't vote for me in the Pro Bowl, boy. You know what you're gonna be doing during the Pro Bowl? Bitcoining. Like, come on, uh, Pro. Don't vote. <laughs> These guys barely vote for you to be on the team. Pro Bowl. Not barely vote for you to be on the team. What? (laughs) I'm in tears. Come on. Pro Bowl. The gall of this man who barely is even on the field talking about don't vote for me to be in the Pro Bowl. Girl. Boy. Bye. All right, guys, Sheena got me on one and I really was not trying to be on one today. I was going to keep it cute and professional, but thanks a lot, Sheena. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, guys, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, This is another episode of Quick Blitz, your favorite Panthers podcast right here on the Riot Network. Make sure you're following us on social media. Sheena at Sheena underscore Marie three. Uh, me at Keith Blitzen. And uh, make sure you're checking out Sheena's weekly or bi- bi-monthly column on uh, Revolt. Oh, it's bi-weekly. She just, put, she just put one out talking about the Ball Brothers. Good stuff. Also, make sure you're checking out carolinablitz.com. We have tons and loads of con- content that we upload daily. So give your girls a follow on their on their uh, ventures and and uh, and support us outside of this podcast. And also make sure you're going to the Riot Report. Uh, Josh and crew, do, they do a great job with what they do over there. Uh, you've been listening to Quick Blitz on the Riot Report. We'll be back with you guys next week. <coughs>